Hello and welcome back into Not Just Another Sports Podcast, brought to you by Arrowhead Live. I am Price Carter, who is trying to finish up a fantasy football draft, and this is Christian Ainsworth. Christian, are you doing a fantasy football podcast right now? Uh, right now, if you want to, we can. I I did not plan on doing that tonight, but absolutely. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> I'm in so many leagues that there's a chance that you might be in this league, and I just don't know it. But now that I know that you're not in this league... Um, but I'm about to finish up, so that's good. Um, this league is just killing me, dude. Like the last couple of leagues I've done, I've had the advantage of being on the bookends. Yes, I know auctions are better, roast me all you want, but you're kind of at the mercy of the people you play with too. And this draft, I'm like smack dab in the middle, nine. So like I have no idea. Like the one pick I make, what's coming back to me, no clue. You know, you can't really estimate like that. So but it's all good, you know. I just just about to pick my last couple ones. I definitely I'm eyeing George Pickens here at the end of this draft is kind of just my like last bench guy. I I feel like he could have a big year. But um George, George Pickens, Chris Olave would also be one of the guys I would Dude, choose down there. You know what's crazy? I drafted Chris Olave before George Pickens. I really? already have Chris Olave. Nice. Okay. Dude, there we go. There's yeah. nothing more than anyone hates than talking about a fantasy team that's not theirs. So therefore, we will move on. We have lots to talk about today. Today, we're going to start with the Chiefs because, believe it or not, we're a Chiefs podcast almost exclusively. And today, we're going to start off with a downer topic. Our downer topic is this. Where are we wrong about the Chiefs? We've sat here all offseason season. I want to rewind to early March, you know, around March 15th, when free agency started, we sat here and did podcast about the Chiefs just getting their shit kicked in for weeks during free agency. We had the Justin Reed signing, had a couple other smaller signings before the Tyree kill trade, but we just sat here and talked about how the Chiefs were just getting roasted. The AFC spent like double the amount of money than the NFC did in free agency. We did not feel good about anything. It was evident that Tyree Kill or that Tyron Matthew wasn't coming back. And we all were sitting here and like realistically thinking, are the Chiefs just like doing a hard reset right now with Patrick Mahomes and his prime? Um fast forward to today. We've all talked ourselves into the Chiefs being good. Heck, I even know two dummies on a podcast who picked the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. I even picked them to win. So, you know, we are seeing things through the red and gold glasses. It's something that we've promised not to do on this podcast. So I want to ask you, what elements of the Chiefs this season are we overestimating? Where are we wrong? Where does this break down? If we're sitting here at week five and they're two and three again, like they were last year, what are we talking about? Well, I think the first thing that you'd have to mention, if we were two and three, five weeks from now, that the defensive line has not done as well as we thought they were going to do. And we've been hyping up this defensive line, this edge group, ever since we've added added Dunlop um, and George Karloftis in the draft. But there's been like this movement of Frank Clark is finally healthy and he slimmed down and he looks really fast in practice. Oh, it, we still have Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a beast up the middle. Um, you know, Tershawn Wharton, he's really started to find his – find his role in this defense and he's going to be a menace and Colin Saunders is the athletic freak that everybody knows it's like there's been that like movement of this defensive line is has been drastically upgraded there are plenty of really really nice pieces here when in reality it hasn't really changed all that much since last year I mean you swap 
Melvin Ingram for uh, Carlos Dunlop. So that's, I mean, you kind of have some more upside there with Dunlop, but not really. And then we added George Karloftis. And, you know, he's an unknown at this point. He could be absolutely awful. He looked great in the preseason, but there's kind of like that aspect of not knowing. So if he, you know, doesn't hit the ground running, which is the most likely thing that will happen, then we'd have to, I think, blame it on that defensive line and how it has not improved and we haven't invested serious money, free agent signings, and and other draft capital into getting the best players available. I think that's certainly a good start. You know, I I think Chris Jones moving back to defensive tackle is the reason why I feel like that may not, you know, defensive tackle for a whole season might might be the reason why that does not happen because I think that he is just going to be so much more productive playing there. I think we kind of underestimate how long it kind of took him to get back his feet back underneath him. And if you remember towards the end of training camp, someone asked the question, Patrick, who is one player that you felt who has had just been dominant in camp person who's had the best camp. And without hesitation, he said, Chris Jones, I'm expecting big things from Chris Jones this year. Also low key in a contract year for him as far as the chiefs go. So, um, I don't disagree though, right? Like George Karloftis, there's a reason why he was, I can't remember off the top of my head, but probably the fifth or sixth path pass rusher taken off the board. Um, you know, there's a reason why Frank Clark was basically kept for nothing. There's a reason why we were able to basically bring in a veteran towards the end of the year. You know, Carlos Dunlap basically came in towards the end of camp. All those things happen for a reason. There's nothing on the other side of Chris Jones to make you excited. You know, is Colin Saunders going to break out in year four? Who knows? Right. So there's definitely reasons to be pessimistic there. One spot that I feel pretty good about is linebacker, but I'm going to go towards this back end of the defense. I recognize this and actually kind of why I came up with this topic a little bit today is I was when considering talking about the Cardinals game, I was examining the secondary of the Cardinals and I was like, oh, my God, there is nothing here outside of Buda Baker. This is a terrible secondary. I've never heard of any of these guys. To which I then had the thought, I think people probably say the exact same thing when they look at the Chiefs secondary this year. Sure, they've probably heard of Justin Reed. I don't think the run of the mill fan has heard of Juan Thornhill. Maybe if they kind of know their stuff, Legereus need. But other than that, the Chiefs secondary is a ton of question marks. Sure, we know Rashad Fenton, who has played well at times, but also hit and miss. We feel good about Trent McDuffie. We feel good about Jalen Watson. But not everyone gets those names. We've kind of convinced ourselves and lulled ourselves into this idea that, oh, they're going to be so much more aggressive. They're going to be so much more physical, athletic. Um, we've got guys who can, you know, recover quickly. Also, let's not forget that, you know, Juan Thornhill couldn't get Dan Torrenton off the field. And also, let's not forget, Justin Reed was pro football's focus, one of the worst safeties in the NFL last year. And we all want to comfort ourselves by saying, well, you know, the Texans can't do anything right. So why would they get Justin Reed right? I think, you know, if we're talking about where things go wrong, I think we're talking week four or five and the Chiefs are just like on pace to, you know, give up the record in passing yards or something, which is for some reason a story I feel like we've talked about before that far into the season. And how does it look? I think it looks, I don't necessarily think that it looks like guys are running wide open because I do think that the Chiefs are athletic, but they are very small at corner. And I think that the one advantage that the Chiefs have going into the Cardinals game is that DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be there. But week two, 
I could completely see, you know, Herbert having a big day and it's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams just going up and out physically the small corners that we have in the secondary. Um, and it's good. It would be even more painful, right? Like Mike Evans, they play the Buccaneers pretty early in the year. Then Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, or it, it would feel painful because it's like, oh, the, the corners are right there, but they just get out manhandled every time because of the lack of length at that position. So the secondary is somewhere that definitely concerns me that I think we are kind of smelling the sweet red, red roses of cheese fandom. Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of bring up a good point there with the size of our defensive backs here. Like people like to give Dan Sorensen a lot of shit. And believe me, I was one of those people that absolutely shit on him last year and the year before. The one thing that he was at least semi-consistent is he could make the big play. Like whether it's that uh, last second interception against Justin Herbert in a game two years ago where we desperately needed the defense to get off the field and he was the one that made it. Iron Matthew, again, another one of those guys that I love to shit on. I don't think that he played incredibly well last year. He was in, honestly, two years ago, he was really, really, really good. But that you kind of saw a drop off last year. He's also not with the team. And as much as we like to hate on him and talk about how poor of a teammate, well, not teammate, but poor of a organizational figurehead, if that makes any sense, um, of that Chiefs secondary or the Chiefs in general. It's like he played a huge part in transforming this defense into what it was when we won the Super Bowl. Like, I, I remember one of my favorite shots of that Super Bowl game was Tyron Matthew on the sideline going, Kansas City Chiefs defense, Kansas City Chiefs defense. And I was like, yes, that's what we need. We finally have a defense that's actually capable of getting guys off the field. And again, Tyron Matthew was a huge part of that. He's not with the team anymore. And he was a big leader in that secondary room. He could play all over the field. He's not, a, he's not a piece of the cog anymore. He's not, you know, he's not one of those gears that makes the wheel turn. And unfortunately we have a bunch of unknowns again, uncertainty in that secondary in the defense in general, where it could honestly be the secondary or defensive line that brings us down next year. And it wouldn't surprise me if either one of those was. The All right. I, yeah, I, everything you said is true, right? That, you know, people like to say, oh, Spags just, you know, always likes to play the veterans. He won't start the rookies. Maybe there's a reason why those guys were playing over, you know, maybe there's a reason why Nick Bolton struggled to get Anthony Hitchens off the field in the beginning of the season or Dan Swanson or pick your player. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to have one more pessimistic one. Um, this is one that I don't think anyone wants to say. So this is why I picked it. I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit here. So I'll go for something a little bit higher. Maybe just maybe Patrick Mahomes is a product of having one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game and one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. Right. Um, I think, I don't think this is true, by the way. Um, this is not saying that I'm, this is not to say that this is what I'm predicting, but if we're wrong, what if Patrick Mahomes is just a really good quarterback and not one of the greatest of all times, really good quarterbacks can succeed. You know, I'm talking, you know, with their weapons and with a, a coach and off the opportunities that are given to him. Patrick Mahomes opportunities are going to get lesser with Tyree kill without Tyree kill. Um, there's a reason why some of the players that were available to the chiefs were Marquez Valdez, Gatling, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, etc. Without some of those elite weapons, without with teams having more time to focus on Patrick Mahomes and how to stop him, it's very clear that they've made progress over the past couple of years and plenty of distractions in his life, both on and off the field. No, you know, not complaining. He's completely entitled to have kids and a family and commercials and all those things. A lot of, a lot of this team is centered around Patrick Mahomes being an, a, an alien, you know, like we pick the Chiefs. You can't pick against the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is, you know, just above the human race as far as what he does. If he's average, if he's just Dak Prescott, you know, like that kind of level of quarterback who's had some really good seasons, I don't think you can look at this team as a Super Bowl contender. And that stinks to say, and it stinks to kind of talk about, but like if what, you know, the haters say in every tweet that's about Mahomes where it's like going to be bad without Terry Kill, you know, in the comment section, it's definitely possible. It's not something that I want to entertain. I don't think it's possible. I think he's looked really good in the preseason. I think this might be the year that he just goes full like revenge mode after everything that people said and all the bulletin board material that they've given him. But it's definitely possible. Well, and this is going to sound mean, and I, I want you to take this in the right way, be in the right state of mind when you hear this. You know, the sun could disappear at some point and we'd all be dead. I'm not banking on that happening tomorrow or even entertain that in my psyche. You know what I mean? It's it's like a constant that will always be as long as I'm alive, unless something drastically crazy happens, like outside of a space invasion, uh, outside of, uh, I don't know, a st- the star exploding sooner than usual. You know, those things could happen. It is possible. However, I don't entertain those thoughts on a daily basis. So Patrick Mahomes playing subpar is not something that I have even remotely considered in my psyche to, to believe that maybe could possibly happen. You're, you're right. And, and, you know, like I said, I certainly hope that this is not the case, but if we're looking around and I mean, we, we saw this a little bit at the beginning of the year, Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing well and the chiefs didn't play well. You know, those games where, he was having a bunch of bad tur- turnovers and forcing the ball to situations they didn't need to, and they're beating the Giants like ten to seven or whatever. It's definitely possible. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully not likely. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that throughout all that turmoil, quote unquote, he still had forty eight hundred yards and thirty seven touchdowns. So it's like, you know, if that's Patrick Mahomes' floor, which at this point in his career, that's the lowest he's ever been. It's still insane. Right, right. Good. And the, and the, t- to be fair, the floor is that stretch of games where they really struggled, right? Like, remember the Raiders game where they finally kind of broke back out and everyone was saying like, oh, the Chiefs got their swagger back, me included, by the way. But, um, you know, that, that lull period that happened, like the Cowboys game, the Giants game, that if that was a full season of Patrick Mahomes, it could look a lot like an Alex Smith season, right? I don't again, don't think it's going to happen. But if we're sitting here talking about what's went wrong, that's a possibility. Yes, it maybe might be a possibility. That's as far as I'll go with it, though. Other than that, though, I think that one thing you could say could possibly happen is that the Chiefs wide receiving core isn't up to par. Like, let's say McCole Hardman takes a step back from where he was, even though he has that increased volume you know, maybe his efficiency goes down or maybe Juju Smith-Schuster, that 1400 yard season was more of an outlier 
Maybe that's not really truly who he is. Maybe he needs a number one to thrive. And then MVS, he could just be the guy he's always been, which is a guy who drops the football a lot, a guy who is really only a field stretcher. And then Sky Moore, there's only so much you can ask of him. So there is a possibility that this wide receiver core is not quite as good as we are hyping them up to be. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be a God-tier quarterback this year. Um, there's only so much you can do. Like the old ingredients, the the Bill Belichick, you know, grocery getter, grocery buyer. How, there's only so much you could do with these ingredients that he's been given for this upcoming season. And, you know, we talked about it um, after the Tyreek Hill trade, that this could be this, you know, down year where, uh, you know, the Chiefs are kind of taking a step back with the guys that we, you know, have aforementionedly named. Um, and I think that if that happens, I think we're still in a good spot, but that would probably be one of the biggest reasons we potentially could be two and three heading into week six. Yes. And you stole kind of exactly what my third one was going to be. If I was going to have one, um, you're right. Like, what does it look like for the chiefs wide receiver to fail Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs offense, Juju Smith Schuster injured again right like this happened a lot we've heard that this knee issue that he has is partially why he's probably signing a one-year deal is that it's lingering a little bit mvs proves to be exactly what he's always been a guy who even with the best offensive minds and best quarterbacks in the nfl is about a four or five hundred yard guy mccall hardman is exactly what he's always been a gidget guy and that's about it not a lot more not a lot less sky moore is a rookie Travis Kelsey is 33 years old or, you know, is 33 years old and getting older, um, you know, and then you're talking about Jody Fortson and Justin Watson as your like, you know, weapons, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, less we go down that path again. Um, you know, it's just that the weapons fail this team, especially the wide receiver room. Uh, we certainly feel good about it. And again, we've kind of talked ourselves into it, but if you remember a certain, and I'm not taking another victory lap, but also I would never waste an opportunity to do so. I say Trey, the Chiefs could trade Tyree Kill. Everyone tells me I'm an idiot on Twitter. The Chiefs trade Tyree Kill. A week later, everyone's talking about how the Chiefs are actually going to be better for trading Tyree Kill. It's funny how we change the narrative to match what we're feeling at the time, right? Like no one ever thought the Chiefs could exist without Tyree Kill. And yet here we are all picking them to win the Super Bowl months later. So um, I think this is a healthy exercise, right? We just got to, we kind of got to cope before it happens. If it does happen, we could sit here and be like, yeah, you know, the, you know, these were concerns that we had. One thing I want to bring our attention to is some of the things we did not mention. We did not mention the running backs because we're part of hashtag running backs don't matter. Um, we didn't mention linebackers because the Chiefs linebackers are in very good shape. I think the linebacking core is one of the strengths of this team. We did not mention offensive line which Andrew Wiley concerns me, but I think the interior is so strong. I think Orlando Brown's going to have a good year. He's come in in shape. I think that's a strength. And also we didn't mention like coach, any coaching special teams concerns. Just ask the Packers special teams do matter. Any final thoughts on this cleansing exercise, Christian? Well, I, I was going to ask you, did you see that Leo is the starting Sam for the chiefs on the, the most recent roster unofficial depth chart? I, I, I that doesn't surprise that? me, right? Although nothing would surprise me to see uh, Darius Harris running out there week one against the Cardinals. Uh, but yeah, I, I really think um, my one of my heroes in the industry, Soren Petro, is kind of 
alluded to the fact that he has some sources that have told him that the Chiefs more or less this year didn't give Steve Spagnuolo the option to play those guys. There's a reason why Ben Neiman's not here, why Dan Sorensen's not here, why Anthony Hitchens is not here. Because, dude, I'm telling you, I was waiting for the day for Anthony Hitchens to show up at Chiefs camp. Anthony Hitchens, who, by the way, tried to roast all of Kansas City saying all he did for, to bring a Super Bowl to the team and still is unsigned. Um, but I think the Chiefs have just kind of eliminated that option for Steve Spagnuolo. So I'm pleasantly surprised and happy that Leo is starting at Sam. And, you know, he's the backup Mike. That's why he was playing later in there. I expect really good things from him this year. So I'm I, that's great news to me. Oh, oh yeah. And and I'm honestly, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that he already has a starting position, especially after playing so many reps in the preseason. It seemed like every other day he was out there or every other down he was out there just blowing up a play in the backfield or, or taking some crazy angle and hitting somebody. But it's still crazy to see somebody who was picked at like, what was it, like 104? like some some super late round pick starting on the team week one. That it, it just goes to show you that Brett Veach does, in fact, know what he's doing. Again, another cleansing. I'll, I'll use this opportunity again to cleanse a little bit more. We shit on him uh, a fair bit, although not recently, I've noticed. We, we, we haven't shit on him quite the, as much. I believe the correct way to say what you're saying is we reserve the right to change our opinion with new information. At the time, we had information that Brett Veach was not a good drafter because of uh, Breland Speaks and other things like that. We now have changed our opinion, given more information. He has improved as a drafter. We ha- Our evaluation of uh, him has uh, improved as well. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's the, so that's it, the fancy way to say we were wrong, by the way. Have you thought about taking a job in public re- relations? I know that like this Chiefs <laughs> thing is, is going pretty good, but that, that was an insane spin. Uh, that's another Seren Petroism. Uh, shout out oh, to him okay. and the great work he does. Right. That's that's a fancy way to say I was wrong. <laughs> I reserve the right, but it, but it's not true, right? Like we can only evaluate on what we've seen, right? Like right now we're evaluating the Chiefs. If you know something dramatic changes, if something happens to Andy Reid and he's no longer the coach, and we get um, you know Steve Spagnuolo as the head coach, our predictions are going to change. New information. So whenever you tweet out on January 9th, you know, or you know not January 9th, September 6th, and say, hey, Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl because Andy Reid's a great coach. Week two, Andy Reid's no longer the coach. Steve Spagnuolo is. That tweet, some stuff's changed since then, right? But anyways, um, cool. Well, let's go to something a little bit more optimistic. Let's do. Let's talk about some keys to the game. We're breaking down a real NFL football game that's happening. What are some keys to Chiefs-Cardinals? What do you think is... Um, you know, going to be the difference in the game, a huge X factor. How do you expect this game to go? Score predictions? Give it to me all. Uh, well, I think that might take a little too long. So I'll, I'll just give you the cliff notes here and we can we can kind of discuss them because I do want to he- hear your opinion. And if you give me the opportunity, I could talk about this game for four hours straight. Um, it, like a key player, in my opinion, is going to be Willie Gay because you have Kyler Murray, who's incredibly mobile. I he looks like a little kid running with the remote away from his parents, but he's still incredibly, he's deceptively fast. So having Willie Gay out there, you know, playing that QB spy role as the linebacker, middle linebacker or, or weak side linebacker uh, is going to be incredibly important to the success of this football game. Um, he's a guy that can make plays behind the backfield. He's fast enough where he can make plays along the sidelines. Uh, so he, him playing extremely well is going to be very important for this Chiefs team to do well. Um, another thing I would say 
is the chemistry between the wide receivers and Patrick Mahomes. Like you talked about it earlier. There's nobody on this Cardinal secondary that scares me outside of Buda Baker. And even he, it's kind of like Tyron Matthew with Dan Sorensen out there with him. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just don't have to look in your direction. We'll find number 49 and we'll throw the ball at him all game. And, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, you'll be standing there with your hands up. But anyway, so there's really nobody on that, that defensive secondary that concerns me. But taking this opportunity for Patrick Mahomes to build on that chemistry that he created this offseason, where he essentially went, ran the wide receiver camp, um, is going to be extremely important to the success of this game and the rest of the season. So if they can take that momentum that they built in camp, again, you know, build on that, come out, everybody's got five receptions, everybody's got seven targets, and everybody's got 50 yards. That, I think that's a win. Now, is the score going to be crazy high? I don't think so for this first game. I, I think that this is going to be a lot closer game than we thought that we think it's going to be. This is early season Cliff Kingsbury. He spent his entire offseason preparing for this game and nothing past it. So we're going to get the best of Cliff Kingsbury. We're going to get the best of Kyler Murray, who is looking to impress after making that big contract. Um, and they're going to be looking at the Chiefs. Now, the reason this game doesn't scare me is that Andy Reid has done the exact same thing with the exception of preparing for the rest or not preparing for the rest of the season. He has come into this. He's like, okay, these are the guys we're going to be facing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be out there. So the defense can play it this way. And, you know, we, we've got that secondary that's, you know, missing pieces and Chandler Jones isn't on the defensive line. And, you know, there's all these different routes we can take in, in attacking this team. So honestly, I, I think that the chiefs are going to win this one. Um, if I, if I didn't make that entirely clear, I would say that it's going to be like a 30, 24 or 31. No, we'll go 35, 35. That's a nice round number um, versus 20. We'll do 31, 35, 31 chiefs over Cardinals. Wow. I, I, it's not very often that I'm, I'm more of the optimist, but I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic here. First off, here's, here's kind of some things I think are really big factors in this game. As you said, DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be here. I see for the Chiefs defensively, if they, for some reason, are having issues stopping the run, the Cardinals will run the ball. James Conner's a pretty good back. We know that Kyler Murray can run the ball. Um, the offensive line for the Cardinals is not good, which, by the way, I heard a stat today that the average age of the Cardinals offensive line is 31 and a half years old. They are Jeez. old. It's Rodney Hudson and a bunch of other old dudes. If the Chiefs cannot get off the field and stop running the ball, it's going to free up the passing game. I do not worry about being dinged up Zach Ertz, dinged up Rondale Moore, and Hollywood Brown destroying this Chiefs secondary and this Chiefs team. I just don't think that they can score enough points. However, if the Cardinals are able to keep the running game alive, slow down the game, control the Chiefs pace a little bit, that continues to make their passing game more viable too with play action. Um, and it keeps the defense on their toes. I can see a situation where this game does get kind of bogged down and where we're talking about a 24-27 game or something like that. The other place that I think the Chiefs just really needs to exceed in on the flip side is I think it's important for the Chiefs in this game to really be able to utilize the run game when they need to. Um, I'm not necessarily going to say that the key to this game is running the ball, but I do think that 
they're going to be in some situations where they're going to be able to need to convert some short yardage. It's been a struggle for a long time. They cannot always go to Michael Burton dive, even though he's like perfect at it and has gotten it like the last nine times he's tried or something ridiculous. Yeah, but dude, just a sidebar here. I every single time it's like third or fourth and one. I immediately and my head goes to Michael Burton dive. Yeah, Michael Burton. Well, I mean, to be fair, they get it every time. It's like one of those, like, the only thing that's stopping it is Troy Palomalu jumping over the line like he used to <laughs> in the early 2000s. Like, that's the only thing that's going to gonna stop it. Because, like, you're just not getting – you're not getting underneath Creed and Trey in that instance. No, but but it's also, like, dude, that's the most – it's kind of like the quarterback dive with Tom Brady. Like, you know it's coming. Everybody on the field, if you've watched any game film, any game tape of the Chiefs on any short yardage, it's always the Michael Burton fullback handoff. So I just don't understand how it hasn't been stopped yet. That That's my only thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to, you know, the running the ball in short yardage situations, I just think it's going to be important. Ultimately though, I think, you know, that this game is just, it just screams a statement game from the chiefs. I think, you know, I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago that you know the next day after the chiefs play the story is going to be how the chiefs traded terry kill and got better i tweeted that out right after the draft as well and i think the chiefs are out to make a statement i don't think this is going to be college football where they have to have a quality of a win you know like i I don't think that's going to be something like 57 or something like that but i think there's a chance that we see some chad henning i'm i'm not calling for it but i think it's definitely possible i think the chiefs are going to run away and hide in this i think they have spent because if you're the Cardinals, you come out in this game, you instantly are going to go back to what has stopped the Chiefs, right? They are going to go to that too high shell. They are going to put a few bodies in the box and hope for the best because that's what everyone's seen. And it's the beginning of the year. The Chiefs have shown some generic looks in coverage and some generic looks on offense in the preseason. But for the most part, you're going to pick right up where the Bengals left off in the AFC Championship. And I guarantee you, The Chiefs are begging for that. They have spent so much time focusing on how to beat that look. Andy's got so much more plays drawn up for it. And I think that that's, you know, that they're just going to come out and make a statement. And I think that it also means a lot headed into what will be a short week for the Chargers. Um, You know, a score prediction, I'm going to go 41-14 Chiefs. Jeez. Okay. Here's the man. I'm just. Here's the thing. You realize that Patrick Mahomes. Now this is a this is a little convoluted stats here, as far as how it goes. But Patrick Mahomes only had four, 42 less rushing yards than Kyler Murray last year. Like Kyler Murray, the way there's this thing that people think he's Lamar Jackson as the runner. He he's not. He's a good runner. He's a great scrambler. He's a true scrambler though. He's not a. He's too small to run that kind of power offense that Lamar and Josh Allen run. Um, the reason why that stat's a little manipulated is because Kyler didn't play a full season last year. But even then, Kyler Murray's career high is something like 500 yards rushing. He is not this just dynamic running threat that you get with Lamar Jackson. I'm not necessarily sure that Kyler Murray will just like that game in Baltimore last year. Lamar Jackson won that game against the Chiefs. Well, actually, Clyde Edward Dillard lost it. Um, take a drink for a Clyde Edward Dillard reference. Uh, but, you know, Lamar Jackson won that game with his feet. I don't think Kyler's capable of that. Kyler Murray, the passer, is it can be good, but also if you go look at his touchdown interception ratio, completion percentage, it looks a lot like an Alex Smith stat line. He's more than Alex Smith because of his ability to run, although Alex could scramble. 
But this this is not a quarterback that you should be waking up with cold sweats. J.J. Watt is old. Marcus Golden came over from the Giants, can have some good phases, but nothing great. I mean, I guess maybe if this is the game that um, Xavier and Collins and Isaiah Simmons finally wake up and decide to play football and are actually the players that they were drafted to be and are these super hybrid linebackers, maybe. But I, I just think that this is a game that the Chiefs run away and hide in. Well, you, you make a few good points there. And, you know, Kyler Murray might not be a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen. But there are two key players I think that you're forgetting about, on the, one on the offense and one on the defense, that I think might really change the game for us uh, or for them against us. Ben Neiman and Daryl Williams. Now, this game, Ben Neiman, we've been talking shit about him. Oh, my gosh. Are they really? Well, I, knew Will- I knew Daryl Williams was on the team, but I did not realize that Ben Neiman was on the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. That's that Cliff Kingsbury magic. He, okay. He I'm, I'm scratching all. I'm changing my opinion. Chiefs 51, Cardinals 14. We're getting an extra 10. <laughs> We're getting an extra 10 off of Ben Neiman and coverage just alone. No, come on. I, come dude, on. I'm telling you. There, there's going to be some moment that Ben Neiman finds the field. Travis Kelsey is going to put him in a blender. That that might be considered manslaughter. <laughs> I mean, that might seriously bring up some charges. No, dude, this is the Cliff Kingsbury special. He found players with bones to pick with Kansas City, and he's like, "Come on in. What what are the what are the uh, the options? What are the call? What are the play calls on the defense and offense? We really want to get." dialed in here and we'll give you some playing time but we'll cut you next week okay. that's the well, only I, scenario i can see why they're both on I, that i'm team. quickly hoping that they sign Le'Veon bell at running back and anthony hitchens at linebacker it, we could only hope or they could only hope I, I might be scared if anthony hitchens is is middle linebacker for them I, I, dude he, he could legitimately come in and take out somebody's knees and call him a piece of shit and super <laughs> racist like that's all it would take, and our season would be over. Well, let's hope that's not true. Um, okay, so last thing we're going to do here as we play the season, we are going to play a little game that's called Pick Two. It's got some rules. So Chris and I are each going to pick two NFL games and what we think the outcome of the game is. We're not going to pick against the spread or anything like that. You can go do that in Kansas if you want to. But the rules are this. We cannot pick the same two NFL games and we can we both have to approve of each other's choices. So what that means is um you can't just go with the safe picks. It's kind of a little bit more like a survivor league and then we're going to compare our records at the end of the year. So for instance, Christian, if I say I think the Colts are going to beat the Texans, you're going to say that's that's a crap pick because everyone thinks the Colts are going to beat the Texans. But if I pick a game, like I'll pick my first game here, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to sneak up and beat the Washington Commanders. I think that Doug Peterson is a real NFL coach. I think that that team has a lot of talent on it. The game is in Jacksonville, which it's always a rough place to play in the beginning of the year. I think it's going to be hot. I think the defense is going to come out looking good. I think the Commanders, um, while I actually think they might not be that bad this year, I think they're caught sleeping in this one. This game will be close, but not competitive. Those are not the same thing. The game will be close. I'm taking the Jags to beat the Commanders. Week one, lock it in, barn burner. Okay, now to our listeners, I know you guys haven't ever played in like a fantasy football league or or anything with Price, but there's one thing you have to know is that he is a strategist, okay? he He's like an A-tier strategist. This is a sneaky good pick, and it's a good pick because he doesn't have to use the Jags again 
for the rest of the year. And he can coast off of the commander's uh, completely bullshit way of running a franchise and get an easy dub here. I, however, I, I like to miss a few. I, I'm going to let him win a few weeks by picking the Jags or the Giants or some of these crap teams. Because I'm going to pick what my heart says. And what my heart says for this first week is that the Rams are going to beat the Bills. Now, this is two. these are two heavyweight title contenders. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. The Bills are coming up. They maybe, if the Chiefs you know, don't use that Mahomes magic and win with 13 seconds left on the clock, uh, you know, there's a real chance that they were in the Super Bowl and playing the Rams. So I think that the Rams are a much better team. They did more in the offseason. The Bills, uh, you know, they signed, uh, who is that, Vaughn Miller to the defensive line, which, you know, he's pretty good. He's not as good as he once was. But, you know, other than that, they've lost some key pieces on defense. They had a fairly good draft. But I think the Rams just pull ahead and win this one. That's pretty bold. Like, coming out of the gates, hot. That Man, I tell you what, I'm not going to be able to watch – all of that game, I've got some stuff going on on Thursday night, but I'm going to be definitely recording it and rewatching it because I mean, you want can we just be romantic about football for a second? Like week one, you know, game one, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Von Miller. Oh my god, mm-hmm. just, and they're so, hanging the banner. They're hanging the banner in SoFi. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, here we go. Um, something a little less erotic. My second game, I'm going to go with a little bit more challenging game, a little bit more intense game. I'm going to go Bucks cowboys here, and I'm going to go off the wall again. I'm going to take the Cowboys to upset the Bucks. Here's my hypothesis. The Cowboys are the down stock. A lot of people are thinking that the Cowboys regressed this year. Eagles are all the hot, are the, you know, the hot flavor of the month here. Meanwhile, the Bucks are the known commodity. A lot of people have them going to the Super Bowl at the NFC. It's usually them or the Packers or the Rams. However, the Bucks are old, older players. If there's something that we've learned from the last couple of years with the Chiefs and their defense, older players just take longer to get going, including Tom Brady, who has missed a large part of camp, barely played in the preseason, to which he responded, I just have a lot of shit going on in my life. I'm 45 years old. I'm not sure Tom Brady necessarily wants to be playing football this year. I don't really know what's going on. But I think that there's enough weirdness. Chris Godwin's not going to be back for this game as well that the Cowboys might sneak up on him. Sunday night football, weird things happen. Cowboys might be out to prove a point. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott has a big game. Um, I'd be surprised with the interior of the Bucks have, but I'm, I'm going to take the Cowboys in the upset. You know, I wasn't going to let that one slide. And, and I'll tell you why. I think the Cowboys aren't really that good of a team. But because you said the Cowboys are going to beat the Bucks, I'm going to do some strategy of my own. I'm going to let you take that. I don't think there's any chance that that happens. But you already said it. Everyone heard it. So I, I guess I get to pick mine before you can change your mind. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, give you a little preview here. I'll ask you before I get into it. Is the Browns Panthers, would you allow that? As, as being if, a, a if Deshaun choice. Watson was starting, no, but because it's Jacoby Brissett in Baker Mayfield, I'll allow it. Okay, all right, good. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Browns and Panthers. Then Panthers beat the Browns in this scenario. Baker Mayfield back with a vengeance with better weapons, a better defense, and I believe a better head coach. 
Ron Riviera is not to be played with. He was stuck over there in Washington for a while with some bullcrap team uh, not playing extremely well. And then he went back to Carolina this upcoming season. So I think he's back where he's supposed to be. I think that, uh, you know, the Browns are a trash organization who are not going to do well this year because of all of the turmoil. Apparently, there are some reports that the locker room is split 50-50 between who actually likes the Deshaun move and who hates it and despises it and despises the organization. I think that's going to create a lot of internal chaos within that organization. So Baker comes back. He's feeling dangerous. He beats the Browns. See, here's the thing. Like, if there's a player that you feel like could ride on the high of a revenge game more than anyone else, it's definitely Baker Mayfield. But here's my hypothesis of why you're wrong. First off, the Browns know what Baker Mayfield sucks at more than anybody else. Also, the Browns players like 2 through 53 might be one of the best 53-man rosters in the NFL. A lot of talent on that team. I know the offensive line has kind of regressed a little bit. But there's a lot of really good talent on that team. And that defense, I understand that, you know, they just traded for LaVishka Chenault, um, the Carolina Panthers did on offense, DJ Moore. Maybe this is a year that Robbie Anderson gets going a little bit more. Oh, you know, but the defense, you got Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward, two really good cover corners. John Johnson and Greg Newsome in the secondary as well. You know, John Johnson just came over last year, played pretty well. You've got the super athletic J- Jeremiah Wusakoramora at linebacker. Anthony Walker had a pretty good year. Grant Delpit is still back there at safety as well. And then, of course, you still have Jadavian Conley, Clowney there at edge and the best to do it. Miles Garrett, that's right. He's the best pass rusher in the NFL, not TJ Watt. Save your tweets. I think the Browns, mm. I think the Browns pulled out. I think Jacoby Brissett is just a little bit better than – or I should say a little bit better. I think Baker's probably the better passer, but I think the Browns are just a little bit better of a roster overall. And also, I'm banking on uh, the Panthers head coach, whose name escaped me right now, to suck, which he normally does. Yeah. So, okay. So, Carolina Panthers, I said the head coach was Ron Riviera. It's actually Matt Rule. So, I, for whatever reason, those two just flipped in my head. Um, but, do, okay. Well, I don't, we don't need to get in the TJ Watt, Miles Garrett thing right now. But that could have been, I mean, you could have used that for your bold predictions. Or, or bold takes for the year. Maybe. I mean, that's kind that's... of like it's tomato, tomato, right? Like there, if, if we have to pick one, no, you think TJ Watts definitively better than miles Garrett? 22 is, is higher than 15. Well, yeah, but that's a season, right? Like technically Justin Herbert was better than Patrick Mahomes last year. Does that mean he's better than Patrick Mahomes? Not necessarily, but when you're on a worse team, I mean, I, I think there's an argument to be made that the Chargers were a better team than the Chiefs were last year. But Patrick Mahomes did more with less. Mm, some people would, you know, I don't know. I think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are a little bit better than Travis, or not as good as Travis Kelsey and Terry Kill. But nevertheless, um, we can, you know, have someone on from the AFC North and let them hash out Miles Garrett versus TJ Watt. I will say, I think looking at it now, the stats. I do think that TJ Watts probably had a little bit better cumulative stats here, and it has been better of late. Wow, they're TJ Watt just played longer. That's the thing. This is interesting. We'll, we'll do a full podcast TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett. Um, <laughs> but until then, let's go ahead and call this a podcast. 
Um, we are so excited for the NFL season to get going. It's great to talk about all the good storylines. And of course, it's great to talk Chiefs. We'll be thrilled to do it all with you guys here on Arrowhead Live. This has been another edition of Not Just Another Sports Podcast. I am Price Carter. You can follow me on Twitter at Price A. Carter. And you can follow Christian Amesworth on Twitter at CBreezy underscore edits. Thanks for listening to Not Just Another Sports Podcast. And one last thing, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, you might have been able to get into the Arrowhead Live Follower League that we just started, Fantasy Football. We had two of them. There still might be room available. DM me, and I'll see if I can get you in. Uh, yes, what we all crave, more sweet, sweet fantasy football.